Hello and welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. We are your hosts, Vidas Pinkavichus and Oshamut Zeta Pinkavichin. We've been mastering secrets of organ playing for more than 20 years and sharing them on this blog since 2011. On this show, which we create from our home in Vilnius, Lithuania, we strive to help you grow in every area of organ playing, including practice, technique, repertoire, sight reading, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory, harmony, and many others. Our hope is to help you become a complete musician, or what we call as total organist, a program which we have created to help you reach your dreams faster than you would do on your own. If you are new here, we invite you to subscribe to receive free updates of this blog at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video on how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. And now let's go to the podcast for today. Hi guys, this is Vidas. And Usha. Uh, let's start episode number 300 of Secrets of Organ Playing Podcast. And... Uh, this question was sent by John, and it's not uh, starts like a question, but rather like a, a feedback or advice uh, or response to another question that we discussed earlier about improvising alternate hymn harmonizations. So John writes, there are a number of books of varied accompaniment published by companies such as Kevin Mayhew and Novello, but these are for hymns sung by English-speaking congregations. Eric Thyman composed two books of excellent accompaniments, published by Novello and Oxford University Press, still available. A very effective way of beginning a final verse is by playing a flattened seventh on the pedals. Other devices include introduce a dominant pedal towards the end of the hymn, changing major chords into minor if possible, playing the alto line above the treble, placing the treble line in the tenor for Bourdon. This is quite difficult and needs to be written out in full. My advice would be 1. Get hold of Simon's books to see the techniques he uses. And two, if you require a, a varied accompaniment for a choral, write in, write it out if you are a beginner. Do not try improvising harmonizations until you are proficient. There is no fast track route, I'm afraid. I have just seen a single copy of C.H. Uh, Lloyd's free accompaniment of unison hymn singing available on Amazon. This is a very rare book, brilliant accompaniments written by the master. Good luck, John. That's a lot of advices, right, Osha? Yes. And quite solid advice, I would say. John knows what he's talking about. But I think he took them all from, you know, that book that he advertises. Could be. Um... We could discuss a little bit uh, what he is uh, suggesting. For example, uh, at the beginning of the final verse, uh, 
you should play a flattened seventh on the pedals. Let's imagine C major, flattened seven would be B flat, right? But in C major there are no 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 accidental. So how would this sound? I don't think it would work for every him what he is talking about. Uh huh. That dominant pedal point towards the end of the hymn, that's nothing, not, not, nothing, nothing special. That's very obvious tool in general. Okay. To well, have a pedal point. Um, what about changing major chords into minor? That's a possibility, yes. But uh, if you would look at the collections such as, you know, Cesar Frank's uh, The Organist, you would find it in each of the piece that he switches very often from major to minor. Because it's, it's, it's a very easy thing to do, and you don't have to do a modulation in order to do that. So that's a very common tool. It's just juxtaposition of two modes. And uh, you mentioned Frank. Uh, yes, he takes the same theme, right? That's right. Only yes. rewrites it in minor. Yes. With new accidentals. So if the theme of the uh, hymn is in C major, you could just add three flats. And That's right. In many cases it would work. But not always, as, as John mentions too. I imagine it would not work very well if, if we use uh, harmonic minor. It is augmented uh, second between the six and the seven scale degrees would be would be somewhat uh, uncomfortable to listen and to sing. And again, because it's you no know, hymn singing, you need to look at the texts because of that particular stanza where you would like to switch from major to minor or otherwise because it might not suit the text very well. Uh huh. So, if the language talks about joy and you will switch suddenly to a minor, I don't think it would be appropriate. Mm -hmm. And vice versa, you can add a major in a minor uh, hymn. I know, for example, during the land. Mm -hmm. Probably wouldn't be good. Right. I find it easier to add major keys in a contemplative um, him, let's say for communion, and um, play it softly, just like a meditation. Mm -hmm. What about playing alto line above the treble? Well, we talked uh, many times about this, but actually we suggested to play tenor voice above the other voices. Uh huh. Because for alto voice, I don't know, know about this particular case that you no know, John talks, but in general, while teaching harmony for many many years, what I noticed that alto voice is the most stationary, stationary, and it's the most you know unmoving voice, and I don't think it would sound so well in the soprano in the treble range, unless. We could add uh, 
eight notes. Yes, that's true. Or it's interesting rhythms. Yes, because in general, when I look at the four voice you no know, harmonization, I can tell if it's good or not just from looking at the alto voice. If it's stationary, I know that it's no good. No good or good? It's good. Ah. If it jams a lot, then I'm looking for trouble and for mistakes. I see. I see. Uh, if it jams a lot, uh, your student uh, is looking for trouble. That's right. Because, you know, sort of like tenor voice, is, it's like an inversion of soprano voice. So you can easily switch these two voices. Mm-hmm. But alto stays stationary. I see. Most of the time. Right. Um, what about the advice of writing down uh, varied, varied accompaniment? I think that's a good idea, but I wouldn't do that for myself because I wouldn't have time to do it. That's probably for beginners more. Yes, but because imagine if you are playing a chess service. Well, you have to play what? At least four or five hymns for each service. And sometimes even more. So if you would start, you know, writing down the accompaniment for each of those hymns, I think it wouldn't be enough for you. What if, if this is a, a full-time job and you are immersed in this position and have 40 hours to do your preparation? Well, maybe do it once or twice, but, you know, in the future I would rather spend that time practicing actual thing than writing it down. And then you will gain the skill of doing it on the spot. That's right. Faster. You know, like with my ninth graders in music theory course, we start playing sequences on the piano. And some of them actually writes them down and mm-hmm. I'm actually really you know not supporting these things because I'm telling them you know in order spending all that time while writing and memorizing it you rather just sit and you know play it so although although John writes there is no fast track route but um, I would think that the idea of not trying improvising harmonizations until you are proficient needs to be somewhat understood, uh, not literally, right? How can you get proficient if you are not improvising harmonizations? You have to improvise them and make mistakes and then get frustrated and get more mistakes. But... Uh, it's a process which which needs to be done, I think. Yes, and I think sometimes we have to take a risk. That's no different approach how how people learn, for example, how to swim. Mm. No, somebody just tells you no know, that drop somebody into the middle of a lake and you either swim or you you know you will sink. Sink. And I'm not telling that you have you know, to think and do these ex- extreme things, but but I think sometimes it's worth risking. You cannot write everything down. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, those mistakes will teach you many things, too. True. 
you learn more by from mistakes than from good playing i, I guess thank you guys uh, i hope this was useful to you osha is also joining me right yes. in hoping that you can apply those tips in your practice and please send us more of your questions we love helping you grow and remember when you practice miracles happen this blog is supported by total organist the most comprehensive organ training program online where you will find courses for every area of organ playing, including technique, practice, sight reading, repertoire playing, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory and harmony, with hundreds of scores and thousands of exercises. Here is what some of the students are saying. Hugh writes, the sight reading course has helped me tremendously. Thank you very much for your essays, courses and all your help. Robert writes, I found the fingerings, registration ideas and general comments to be excellent. John writes, I have found your download very helpful. It was really excellent. I have watched some of your teaching videos and when I read your instructions. I try to imagine you are there teaching me. You may feel disappointed that I am two three days behind, but I am a slow learner and I have committed to taking the time to get it right as you say. But the other night my wife commented that she had never heard me play such a detailed melody in the left hand so well. My left hand is generally poor. Robert writes, It has been a great pleasure in my life of having discovered your courses and material as well as the YouTube work of recordings. You have a calm and pleasant way of teaching. Ron writes, Hi Vidasant Osha, thank you guys. What a wonderful response to my email note to you. You've got me right, and I feel you understand my level of playing. Yes, at home and lucky that I have an organ for that reason. I am paying attention to this, and I am going to try this haha no longer secret model. Yes, and I love Caesar Frank too. What is very nice about your blog podcast is that Osha and Vidas are like a Socratic dialogue, and by bouncing things off of each other, so much more information comes out and is expressed. Your comments contain a wealth of information and understanding. I really appreciate this. It is very inspiring and will keep us moving forward. Would you like to receive the same or even better results that our students are getting? If so, join them at organduo.lt slash total dash organist. And of course, you will get the first month free too. You can cancel anytime. Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to receive free updates of this blog, make sure you do that at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video, how to master any organ composition and... 10-day organ playing mini course. This was Vidas and Osha from Secrets of Organ Playing. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen.